Hello, welcome to the Film Geek Collective. Today we're going to be doing DVD versus Blu-ray. Ding, 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 ding. Alrighty, folks, it's the event of the year. It's the championship of the season. It's DVD versus Blu-ray. Ding, 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 ding. Alright, kidding. Um, I mean, you know, it is DVD and Blu-ray. I'm going to compare them and see. You know, obviously Blu-ray's better if it's the TLDR you're looking for. You know, the too long, didn't read type thing. But, you know, I think I'll explain why in the podcast. But first of all, i got to get my usual shout-outs out of the way. Uh, Tessa Cat, Mizon Sin Company, Elsie Cool, Film Momatic, Zach Ascot, Marbay Unicorn, Pop and Fizz Podcast, Dubby Rated Podcast, Real Sharks Podcast, a.k.a. Ribishaku, Sam from IJ, Contrera, Ashy Slashy, The Chris White, Apple Park Films. Also to Schlock Luster Video, Aloisa Hilton, Autistic in Melbourne, Naked Airplane, Teacup Arena, Cinema and This Podcast, Larry, 1937, 26, 21, Films with Amy, Still Mellow, Zeus, Caution Spoilers, JGWR, L Salt One, Heavenly Imaginings, Lee JM75, and finally Eric Sloss1383. Alright, now here's what I think about the whole disc thing. I mean, you know, I obviously prefer physical media. In fact, you know, I was actually thinking that, well, I'm really enjoying 4K, of course, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll discuss a bit of that too. But, you know, DVD is. Really, I think DVD really has its origins in Laserdisc. Sorry if that was a bit rambling there. But uh, because, you know, the Criterion Collection had, like, one of the first audio commentaries for King Kong by film historian Ronald Haver. That was one thing, definitely. And, you know, Criterion pioneered the audio commentary, the special features. And this was back in 1984, a release of the 30s King Kong. And, uh, yeah, I definitely, definitely think that... uh, we have to acknowledge Laserdisc as a really oversized record-style DVD that, uh, in fact, I'll briefly explain Laserdisc for those unfamiliar. It was a, yeah, it was like a record-sized thing with a laser reading it. Well, it's in the name, of course, but I just think that laser Laserdiscs at their best, they could actually go up to DVD quality, almost to DVD quality. And, uh, you know, I think it was a rumor 420p instead of 480p i'm actually not sure you know in terms of pixels i'm i'm not i'm not that technical really so take that little bit with a grain of salt i guess but uh, yeah if you had a clv that is a side of a laser okay let me explain sides first sides of a laser disc are you know you have it depends 60 you know one hour per side if you're if you have a CLV side, CLV is a lower quality thing for the less visually spectacular stuff. And CAV is actually the higher end stuff, the uh, the one that's close to the DVD. So if you, if you have a CAV side that is, you know, closer to DVD in quality, sorry, quality, I tend to mumble my words. I am sorry. <laughs> All right. Um. Anyway, so yeah. There are CLV sides and CAV sides, and sometimes you get an old CAV release. I'm deliberately enunciating them because I know they sound really similar, and I really do not want to confuse anyone listening, but uh, yeah. 
So yeah, laser discs they had special features that still cannot be found in today on recent releases. Like there's a deleted cameo with Harrison Ford from ET that's only on a laser disc. Criterion issued Pulp Fiction and 2001: A Space Odyssey and The Wizard of Oz and Singing in the Rain on laser disc. Of course, you go to their site and、uh, they don't acknowledge any of their laser discs. Sadly, some of them they've got. A bit of a license to produce again, like Silence of the Lambs. They reissued on Blu-ray a while ago. You know, sadly, I don't have that release. I have the standard、uh, Metro Goldwyn Mayer DVD in the room there. But、uh, yeah, that's okay. I, I, yeah, that that movie's fantastic. I can absolutely understand because it's important and it's an important classic film, and it's in the Criterion Collection and. I am so proud of that. <laughs> anyway, okay. So where was I? Laserdisc, yes. Well, I think that、uh, yeah, I I think I've explained pretty well how it set the standard standard for DVD. It even had sometimes on the back sleeve, you know, either on the back sleeve or inside, you could see the、uh, scene selection. The as as if you opened a DVD and the reverse of the cover was, you know, just、uh, scenes one to I don't know twenty or something like that. Or maybe less, but、uh, yeah. So that's a really important precursor to DVD. Now that I've got that out of the way, and sadly I do not have a laser disc player,、uh, I will also say laser disc pioneered one other thing that would become very very important to DVD and discs in general, and that is presenting films in their proper aspect ratio. Now it's a pet peeve of mine. If you have a wider film, one that to simplify it. One that you would see black bars at the top and bottom, on on your widescreen TV, right? You know, VHS would、uh, try to fit it into the more squarish, not not quite a square, but a bit wider than a square that the old TV used to be, and you know they would focus on what they deem the most important part of the image. That is a process known as pan and scan. Take Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. That is, you know, it would pan. From Sean Connery to Harrison Ford, when in the version you're meant to be watching, which will be on DVD and Blu-ray and stuff, you know they'll both be in the frame at once. And so yeah, well yeah, I really don't like pan and scan, but there's also, you know, I'm also not talking about open mat, which、uh, sometimes with films that would normally fill your television screen, especially if they were shot on film, like a lot of, a lot of the time on film. Um, they will、uh, have additional information on the top and bottom for some movies, so yeah, something like E.T. or most of the Muppet movies do not have an open mat; they are closed off, despite being the roughly the shape of a widescreen TV. But、uh, yeah, an open mat is something like you know, like Stanley Kubrick's work,、um, The Shining. I have a DVD of The Shining that I prefer the composition in just because it feels a bit more open. And I know some people will say, "Oh, it should be a bit tighter because you know that sort of thing."、Um, but I think it should be taller because of the Overlook Hotel and the squarish aesthetic of it.、It's、almost, you get what I mean, okay? But the hallways look taller. The everything looks better. It looks less crammed to me. It just everything complements the four three, and that's just my opinion. But、uh, yeah, that's a bit of a wow seven minute tangent there, but.、Uh, That is to say, the、uh, okay. My main point was Laserdisc's impact on DVD, and I guess about the widescreen thing. Yeah, Laserdisc presented films with the black bars when need be, something that would carry over into DVD. And uh, yeah, I uh, 
One last note on Laserdisc. I actually happen to have a limited edition Star Wars box set from the mid-2000s. And it has the original versions of the movies transferred from Laserdisc to DVD. They had a really... 20th, 20th Century Fox had a really limited sale. And they were like, hey, you can only get these if you get these box sets. Or this box set, or whatever. And so I got the box set off eBay, and it was... Wow, I, I actually got a bargain. These things sell for like hundreds of bucks, right? And I got it for like 70 bucks, and that's amazing. <laughs> and it's one of my most prized possessions. On the first disc, you have the remastered version. But on the second disc, the original. And you can tell it's sourced from Laserdisc because it's not quite the quality of DVD... And, you know, there's, on modern TVs, there's bars all around, and that sort of thing, you know? But, uh, yeah. Now, getting into uh, DVD. Now, that was a real revolution. Some of you will remember the, uh, this is DVD, and this is what happens when you put in DVD. <laughs> or, or something similar to that, you know? But uh, I just, you know, they, they were really... It, it's funny because the the ads back then were all like, DVD, get DVD. And then Blu-ray comes along in 2006 and it's even better. But then, you know, many people still just buy DVDs, you know. But, uh, yeah, sorry about that little hiccup there. It must have been the corn I was eating earlier. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. I think that uh, DVDs, in terms of menus, I really, I, I do like when they have the animated menus and that sort of thing. And I... I really like when they put effort into them without spoiling whatever's on the disc. I hate whenever it spoils something on the disc because, you know, what if you haven't seen it? What if you're going in blind and then you see, I don't know, hey, uh, this this character's going to be dead. <laughs> wow, way to go, movie menu. You gave away the movie. Ugh. Wow. Anyway, okay. <laughs> But uh, yeah, the, the, the ones like, uh, you know, I, I especially like when menus have uh, little Easter eggs before the thing. The Fight Club DVD, of course, has the fake uh, piracy warning, anti-piracy warning by, t by Tyler Durden. And the Blu-ray has a fake menu for never been kissed before going to the real menu. That, that stuff's fantastic. That is stuff I'll miss with uh, digital media. But uh, yeah, in terms of Blu-rays, interactive menus are even better. They have the capacity to be even better. Because, and I'll mention BD Live. Now, I'm not sure how many of you remember BD Live, but that was something that connected to the internet that purported to have more special features. And normally there were just trailers or, you know, a chat function during the movie or whatever. But uh, yeah, occasionally you'd get a few extra features, like on the three-disc Blu-ray set of Avatar, I, would, I think. But uh, yeah, I was going to say also... That uh, BD Live never really lived up to its full capacity. And, you know, there's obviously privacy concerns. Like, you know, my Blu-ray player is connecting to the internet for what? You know, like, I think one time I got uh, a Jurassic World preview on my Jaws Blu-ray. The thing is, the Jaws Blu-ray came from 2012. And, yeah, I mean, I guess it's a major studio. You know, they probably have a secure internet thing going on. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. The major studios do not want to hack the players or computers of their customers. That is just the bottom line. Uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah. I do think that uh, DVDs have that little bit less of a risk in terms of, uh, 
in terms of, you know, connecting to the internet. Although, you know, you do have the DVD-ROM or the links to the online, but that's different, you know. And this episode's totally, really a niche thing, but I thought I'd just get it out there for those who are interested in comparing DVD, comparing Blu-ray. You know what I miss, especially? Many, many Blu-rays do not come with booklets. Sorry, booklets. Um, it's same thing with the DVDs that are coming out these days. You know, you'll get a pamphlet for some titles, okay? Maybe, if you're lucky. But you don't get the booklets or the fold-out posters that you used to get. Just just look at my DVD of Pirates of the Caribbean that, well, it was the first one and I was given it as a present and it's just, I kept it on my shelf. But uh, yeah, that has that's a two-disc DVD with a booklet that has a whole bunch of things. Things about the features, things about the scene selection. The only the only people that I really remember including those regularly is Criterion. And uh, yeah, I import the Criterions and uh, yeah, I think they come with booklets. I Yeah, I can go check in the room if you want, but nah, I think I'll sit here. I think, yeah, just take my word. The booklets are in there. I always, I try to make sure that I purchase them with booklets whenever I purchase a Criterion DVD or Blu-ray. Mostly Blu-rays. Now, there's the obvious picture quality increase on Blu-ray that you got to appreciate, definitely. But there is one thing: revisionism. Now, it, whether it's the uh, whether it's the 2008 Predator Blu-ray release that makes everyone look like Madame Tussauds, or it's the Aliens Blu-ray release that, well, makes everything look way more blue than it's meant to as opposed to the DVD release. It's just, you know, sometimes the studios can be revisionist at their own expense. And, you know, I just think that uh, if you made a movie as you made a movie, then just keep it that way in the theatrical version, you know. And uh, even if you're going to make another version, make another version, sure. But please keep the theatrical one in, ex in circulation. Looking at you, George Lucas, I really really want other people to see the original versions of Star Wars, please. But uh, yeah. Okay, so that's where DVD will technically win out. <laughs> VHS, original trilogy, you'll get Panscan, which you don't want, obviously. You know, I guess, you know, quite a few many people grew up with Panscan back in the day. I guess Americans would have grown up with HBO and that sort of thing. Some of them, at least. But uh, yeah. I uh, I know that at least some of my audience is in the middle-aged thing, and uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, I actually I actually have to check on the side note the aspect ratio, the picture shape of a movie, in order to check if it's going to be shown entirely on TV or not, or whether they're going to crop some of it, uh, you know, just throughout the duration, and yeah, they've been getting a little better with some modern movies, but the past movies, eh, not so much, but yeah. Well, uh, DVD versus Blu-ray. Now it's time for the match. Ding, 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 ding. All right, DVD in the left corner, Blu-ray in the right corner. All right, let's see. DVD takes a swing. Oh, wait, wait, hang on a minute. I think DVD has this advantage. Okay, it's a lame gimmick that I'm doing there. But, uh, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, DVD has some titles that have never made it to Blu-ray. True Lies or The Abyss that I'm still waiting on for 4Ks that I still got to... You know, we we got away on James Cameron for that, and uh, yeah, I do think that uh, DVD has even more things, and it's even more accessible. And uh, did you know that Sony technically owns the rights to Blu-ray? Yeah, 
apparently anyone who puts things on Blu-ray have to pay a royalty fee to Sony. Because Sony own Blu-rays. And that's probably going to be easy for Sony Pictures Home Entertainment, but not too much for anyone else. Unless you're a big studio like Warner Brothers or Universal or whatever. I think I just said Universal because I saw a globe up there. (laughs) Ah, well, okay. And uh, yeah, same thing with uh, special features. Blu-ray doesn't always carry over every single special feature. You know, I think it's really, I I think it's really unfair on both DVD and Blu-ray though, that Disney changes up every special feature, every single release on every title. And with Disney Plus, I really want them to include more of the special features, all of the special features they can. And it's a missed opportunity that physical media wins overall because streaming has that lack of special features. Now I know I've been going on pretty long about this, but yeah. Physical is always going to win in my mind, unless it's for durability, in which case digital will win. But physical is just something tangible. And I think Blu-ray owns the... uh, No, wrong turn of phrase. Um, Okay, I... (laughs) Yeah, I think think Blu-ray has a better durability than a DVD. So it definitely wins there. And uh, Blu-ray is more space, so it definitely wins there, you know. A BD-25, you can fit four and a half HD hours. And a BD-50, which you'll often see for movies, you can fit nine hours in HD and 23 hours in SD. And that is amazing. Also, on a side note, why don't some people just put in, you know, discs of Blu-rays, I mean, you know, Blu-ray discs that are exclusively standard definition content and use it for storage, just for the bonus features, that'd be inventive, I reckon. But uh, yeah, Blu-ray obviously has the resolution be better and stuff. And yeah, I mean, there are some titles, like I hear that uh, 28 Days Later apparently doesn't look as good on Blu-ray because of the artistic intention that it's, you know, shot on the camcorders that aren't so, uh, you know, they're they, they, they aren't so advanced. You get what I mean. <laughs> when I speak this fast for this long, I think I stumble over my words. And I apologize if that will trip things up a bit. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I think that, uh, well, DVD and Blu-rays tend to mismatch on the shelf. That's, that's a bit of trouble because, you know, you have that little bit of space between the DVD and the Blu-ray. And, you know, I don't mind that so much, but I know some people will, and, you know, it, uh, the, the bigger box sets, I get the bigger box sets wanting to show them off. That, that's fantastic when you have a box set or something you just want to show off on the shelf, but it's not as practical when you're fitting it on the shelf. You know, I'm sure many people have experienced that. But yeah, ultimately, I've been making a big competition about physical media formats, and all that really matters is the movie and the TV show. And, you know, that I got After Earth on Blu-ray as a present years ago and only use it as a test disc for different devices because the movie sucked so damn much. Uh, why? Oh, uh, yeah, anyway. um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, let me know if you want me to review bad movies. Um, I'm pretty sure I did an episode on Natural Bond Killers way back when, and I hated that movie, as long-time listeners will know. But, uh, yeah. I feel like even in 20, 30 minutes, I'm only really scratching the surface of DVD and Blu-ray and that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, I think that uh, Blu-ray has a really clear advantage. Like DVD, 
They put more effort into many menus on DVD because Blu-ray these days you just seem to get a bar at the bottom, maybe some footage if you're lucky. If you're Warner Brothers, you just get, you know, basically the front cover, still image and the selection below. And yeah, it's it's sad they don't put as much work in the menus anymore. But uh, yeah, well, Blu-ray also wins because the pop-up menus that you can put up during the movie with a selected dedicated button, which is fantastic. You know, you don't even have to leave the movie and you can switch on subtitles or whatever, which I usually process better with subtitles anyway, so that's good. But uh, yeah, anyway, I uh, I don't want this to go on way too long. And I feel like I have been rambling for a while and I uh, hope you enjoyed my uh, ramblings. I, you know... I I just I just wanted to sort of compare the formats, you know, and uh, yeah, basically I really want to end on one last note, and I know I could have said way more about DVD and Blu-ray. Trust me, I would have gone for hours, but you know, I think that uh, independent films, especially, need the opportunity to have DVD and Blu-ray releases. We need to help them more. Studios, corporations. I mean, physical media is just something that we need to take care of as well as digital. I know it's a, I know the future's leaning toward digital, but uh, those who want to release something tangible as well need to be able to release something tangible, and there will always be the market for that. It'll be like vinyl, you know? It'll come back. It'll come back, definitely. The discs, you know? And I, like, <laughs> don't hold me to this, but, you know, I, I would honestly just love it if... <laughs> So if someone started a Laserdisc and VHS revival like they have with vinyl, now that would be something, huh? <laughs> or maybe even Betamax. You know what? I've never watched a Betamax or a Laserdisc in my life. It is one of my wishes to watch um, as many forms of physical media as I can. That includes Betamax, Laserdisc, film stocks like 8mm, 16mm, 35mm, 70mm, you know, uh, all that stuff. And uh, yeah, I... Uh, just also a brief little thing about film that uh, I was just going to say. I got to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a couple of years ago on 35 and Joker a couple of years ago on 70, granted all before COVID, and I really missed the cinemas. And the best we can do is home entertainment and whatever format you choose, it is absolutely valid, you know? Uh, I personally prefer Blu-ray because usually they do have more special features, especially on modern titles. There are even some DVD titles that say, you know, get the Blu-ray for more special features. Ha <laughs> ha! I don't know what that squeal was about. <laughs> Maybe my voice broke. I don't know. All right, anyway. So, yeah, independent films need to be able to release on DVD, Blu-ray, etc. And maybe make 4K more affordable. If they shot in 4K, want to release in 4K, please let them do so. And, you know, there will always be that niche. There will always be physical media collectors. And there will always be people who appreciate the films. And when they put the disc in and get ready to experience some movie or TV magic. One community, which I am definitely a part of. Now, we need your voice. Because you can change things for the better. Now go change things for the better if you want to electrify, innovate, create, innovate... Did I say innovate? Anyway, we need your voice because you can change things for better. Peace out.